All right. Well, that helps. We're going to try to play a video every week. Um, there's these great videos on Right Now Media, which is actually when you, we send you an email when you um, come to church and say, here's a gift, Right Now Media subscription. And um, it's really powerful. And so we're going to be uh, playing some videos to start. It's a different video every week. It won't be the same one. It's going to be a different video every week, kind of helping us with spirit, okay, spiritual beings. And um, that's what we've been studying. We've been studying the Holy Spirit for a long time. My wife actually said to me last night, she's like, are we going to study something else? And I said, yes, but right now this is very important for our church since we're already in the weeds. Let's get ourselves out. Um, So that will be helpful. I did bring uh, a bunch of books here. And so this is just by way of illustration. This is two differing perspectives. Uh, commentaries, not commentaries, uh, theological books. And this is all books on the Holy Spirit here. These four. All written kind of in the 1953, 65, 66, 78 by Billy Graham. A lot of stuff I'm reading. Just wanted to share that with you. If you want to look at any of them or if you want to borrow any of them, Feel free, ask. Um, but this book, Wayne Grudem, I don't know if you've ever heard him before, but he's a theologian and he's pretty good. And this book is uh, 20 basic basics that every Christian should know. And so I went to this and I was like, this will be helpful. I'm going to get this and I'm going to learn the basics about the Holy Spirit. You want to know what the problem is? This book doesn't really include the Holy Spirit. Now, if that catches you off guard, I really like Wayne Gruden, and uh, I brought another volume right here. Notice you say it says Holy Spirit question mark. There's a little bit on the Holy Spirit here. There's almost nothing. There's like a paragraph on the Holy Spirit here. I find that to be odd. Here's why I find it to be odd. And again, I'm not. I like Wayne Gruden. I read his stuff and whatever. Um, 20 principles, right? I'll just read a couple for you. What is the Bible? That's pretty important, isn't it? Bible's pretty important. Yeah, okay. What is God like? Well, that's pretty important. God himself. What is the Trinity? Okay, well, the Holy Spirit's included in the three in one. So you got a little bit about him there. Okay. What is creation? That's important. What is prayer? What are angels, Satan, and demons? Now, when I got to what are angels, Satan, and demons, I kind of got like, What about the Holy Spirit? But I was going, okay, I was like, but they still haven't talked about Christ yet, right? So I'm like, okay, well, just just chill, chill, Steve. What is man? I guess we're important. We think we are anyway. What is sin? Well, that's been pretty important in my life. (laughs) Destroys everything. Who is Christ? There it is, number nine. So we finally get who is Christ, at least. But I could go on, atonement, resurrection, election, what does it mean to become a Christian, justification, adoption, sanctification, perseverance. It talks a little bit about the Holy Spirit right there. I was like, for sure he has to talk about it there. One paragraph. What is death? What is the church? What will happen when Christ returns? What is the final judgment? What is heaven? What about the Holy Spirit? 
See, this is why we're studying the Holy Spirit, people. Because for nine years, your pastor, I, I had the Holy Spirit. I didn't reference him much. I did some. You know, I was like, God. I mean, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? But what about the Holy Spirit who God the Father and God the Son gave for this age, right? It, lest I be a heretic, he's kind of the God for this age. I mean, it's three in one, but like in the Old Testament, it was Father God. In Jesus' time, it was Jesus God who they rejected, right? The religious leaders. Well, no, our God's the Father. Isn't that what happened? So we don't want to be in this age where the Father and Son have sent the Holy Spirit as a gift, as a promise, and be like, no, 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 I don't need the Holy Spirit. I got Jesus. I got the Father. We'd be doing exactly what the Pharisees were doing to Jesus if we do that with the Holy Spirit. And you know why we do it? As evangelical Christians, I grew up Baptist, Methodist, you might have grew up Catholic, whatever. Everybody's doing it except for maybe Pentecostals or, or Charismatics. Right? Everybody's doing it. Why? Because they can't figure it out. They can't control it. Last week in our service, something happened that no one could control. And I'm telling you, it scared people. Right? I hear the mumblings, the rumblings. I've even had an email saying, hey, that was unbiblical. Like, I've heard, right, some like, ugh. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. The Holy Spirit isn't always comfortable to me, right? But should we put the Holy Spirit in our little box? Or should we be like, okay, Holy Spirit, God of this age, who Father God and Jesus God have sent us as a gift, as a present, should we put Him in a box? Or should we say, what are you? <laughs> Not what are you, who are you? Right? He's not a what. He's a who. He has a personality. He has intellect, emotion, and will, just like you. Matter of fact, you were created in his image. He wasn't created in yours. He wasn't created. So you were created in his image with intellect, emotion, and will. You have a personality. And so does the Holy Spirit. So we don't want to grieve him or quench him, but we don't want to run and, and say, everything I did was just in the Holy Spirit's name. The Holy Spirit told me to do it. Really? Let's test that. Okay? So, um, I'm done with this. There's so much here, but I'm done with that. If any of these things would be helpful to you, because I'm your pastor, I want to help you. Right? Our mission statement is, we glorify God by helping people believe in, belong to, and become like Jesus. Okay? And if I know anything about Jesus, he sent us the Holy Spirit to tell us how to be more like him. So let's listen. All right? Let me pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for all these books. They are impactful and fun, good to read. But they also, Lord, um, have human element. They have presuppositions. They have twists. They have history. And so do we. 
And so God, help us to be taught by you what's true, what's right, and what's false or wrong, even that we've been believing. And help us to move forward in unity with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. One last thing I'll say. This book here, and I've mentioned it before, is the best book I've read on the theology of the Holy Spirit. Now, you don't have to agree with everything he says. When I read theological books, theology books, there's no way you're agreeing with everything somebody says. I mean, theologians disagree with each other. Okay? So just read it and, you know, take it in and then spit out the things that don't test up to this. Right? This is the most important book. This is the most helpful book I've read besides the Bible on the Holy Spirit. So it's called The Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner, Understanding the Holy Spirit and His Gifts. And it's been a really um, helpful read. Again, don't agree with everything, but read it and, and, and it'll be helpful to you. Okay, last thing. This book, Experiencing God, have you ever seen this before? Anybody ever seen? Okay, everybody's going to be quiet. All right, I got a couple ladies that are willing to testify. I've done this. All right, anybody else? Raise your hand. Nobody's seen this before. All right. There's a story in here of a church that shriveled up to a really small size. I'm like, hold on. We used to be a lot bigger than this. COVID, church drama, it's, we're smaller, right? And, and they were going to shut the doors, but they said, what we're going to do is we're going to read this before we shut the doors. And in reading this, he tells the story in the book. There broke a revival in their church. They started to serve their neighborhoods and people around them. And they saw a fresh wind, right? They saw a fresh fire. They saw a fresh revival in their church. So this book, as I read it this summer, and I'm not done with it, has influenced me on this series. So the series is called Spirit-Filled People. Spirit-Filled People. I wanted to call it Spiritual People. From 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm just going to turn there so I can quote it for you uh, correctly. 1 Corinthians 12 says this, we're going to study 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 because it's going to tell us what the Holy Spirit um, does and how He operates. The first verse is very important though. Paul is speaking to a very divided church. He says that. You can read Corinthians 1, 2, 3. It, it, it's like, Chloe's people, Chloe's people have told me you guys are a mess. And then he goes on and he says, here, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about this. All the questions that they had. Chloe's people are like telling him, hey, we don't know what to do with marriage. We don't know what to do with our bodies. <laughs> we don't know what to do in the church. We don't know what to do with spiritual gifts. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. You ever feel like that? Oh, well, that's what's helpful because Paul is like, hey, let me write about it. The Holy Spirit through Paul says, hey, let me write about it. So here he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, there's a little note there, which you look down at the bottom, it says spiritual persons. So I was going to call the series 
spiritual persons. My wife said that was weird because that was her maiden name, persons. I was like, okay, spiritual people. Somebody else told me spiritual is weird because it could be misconstrued as new age. A lot of people are spiritual now, right? But not a lot of people are spirit-filled. So I wanted to be biblical with the title, so I said spirit-filled people. That's what we're going to talk about for the next seven weeks. Spirit-filled people. Spirit-filled people, right? Now concerning spiritual gifts or spiritual persons, literally spirit-filled people, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to know. So we're going to study in the next few weeks how to know. Okay? From the Word of God. So I've brought all these books to show you there's nothing out there that isn't accessible. You can access a bunch of information. And that's great. Praise the Lord, right? Now, I brought it to give you this. I would rather have this in my hand and in my heart than anything else. I would rather have this, the Word of God, telling me plainly than anything else. Do we agree with that, church? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. May that be so in Lift Church, that this be higher than any other book. I can mention a lot of other things. I can say they were helpful or not, but this, this is up here. This is above anyone, right? This was written by God Himself as He moved 40 or so authors to write 66 books about Him. He said exactly what He wanted to say the way He wanted to say it. This book is what we're going to study for the next seven weeks to get ourselves out of the ditch. Right? To figure out what in the world's going on. All right. We're ready. Let's go. All right, so you see, uh, if you're following along in the bulletin, you see the title of the message today. What a great, our graphic artist is great. Uh, the Holy Spirit, right? It's a dove. It's a representative of the Holy Spirit. An overview. And I'm going to be preaching on ver various passages, but literally from Genesis 1-1. So open up your Bible to Genesis 1-1. Genesis 1-1. Now, None of that was in the intro I wrote down, but I felt like it needed to be said. It was on my heart. It needed to be communicated. In the intro I wrote down, I had John 4.24. Does anybody know what that says? God is spirit, and those who worship him, isn't that what we came to do? Isn't this a worship service? Those who worship him must, imperative, worship him, that's what we do, in spirit and in truth. All right? In spirit and in truth. Well, that's kind of like a double thing because the spirit wrote the truth. This is the truth, okay? In spirit who wrote the truth and in truth. So a lot of times in my upbringing, we'd be like, truth, 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 worship. No, don't put the spirit in. Don't be raising your hands. Don't be getting too excited. You saw me get a little excited there at the end. I finally got into it at the end. I was like, how come it takes me three songs, right, to get warmed up? I should just listen to worship music as I'm coming in. I'm setting up. I'm sweating. I'm doing all these things. Then I'm like, oh, oh, okay, sit down. I'm like, oh, yeah, God is awesome. Can I start to wash away all the worry, all the, you know what I mean? Doesn't it take just a little bit? 
And you come in with whatever you come in, and it's like, it's like you just kind of got to melt that all off. And then by the third or fourth song, you're like, Whoa! Woo! One name! Yes! Jesus! You know, you start getting your preacher voice on, and you're like, Come on! Oh, you don't do that? Okay. I do that. It's kind of fun. I don't have a preacher voice. At least I don't think I do. You know what a preacher voice is, right? So somebody says something differently, like the Lord. The Lord came and he said to me, you know, it's like, come on, man, just, just talk normal, right? Like, just what's up? <laughs> anyway, you can do that in prayer too. Watch yourself. Oh, Father, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's like, what was that? Like all of a sudden you just started praying and God changed your voice tone or what? What's going on? Okay, I get it. You talk to your wife that way too, right? When you go to your wife, you're like, honey, I love you. Is that how we do it? All right. So there's some credence to how we talk to people. We want to talk to them respectfully, lovingly. And I want to do that today. I tried to do that last week. I went back and checked my spirit afterwards. Was I being loving and what I was saying and how I was saying it? I want to do that again today. So let's go to the truth, okay, to understand the spirit. So the Holy Spirit in overview. Here's what my question is. I was talking to my, uh, the two of them, my two young men here, okay? I was talking to them on the way back from something this week. We had about an hour driving the car, and I was like, hey, getting ready for the message always, you know? It's like, hey, uh, what, what do you know about the Holy Spirit? So I'm going to ask, what do you know about the Holy Spirit? Start putting in your mind. What do you know about the Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah, I know this, and I know this, and I know this. Okay, yeah. What do you know about the Holy Spirit? What are your questions about the Holy Spirit? I want to open up to you. You can, I'm your pastor. You can come to me anytime. We can discuss anything in the Bible. We can discuss the Holy Spirit for sure. We can go to the Bible. We can search it out. What are your questions? I hope to answer some, but if I don't know what they are, I can't answer them, right? So you can give me any questions you have. What are your questions? What do you want to know? And then here's another question I thought was really helpful. How do you interact with the Holy Spirit? How do you, personally, because I asked them this at the end of our conversation, I was like, that's really good, guys. They were telling me all the, like, like they're like walking theological books. They're, I don't know how they did that, but they, 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 they got it, right? But I'm like, okay, how, how, how do you, personally, interact with the Holy Spirit? I think it was Tate said, like, not as much as I should, I think. And I was like, that's it. If the Holy Spirit's God and He's right here in me, it ought to be a constant interaction. That must be what God's saying when he's saying pray without ceasing. That must be what he's saying when he says pray in the Spirit. It's a continual time with the Lord. Well, I don't want to get too far down the road on praying in the Spirit because I have ideas about that as well. But Have you ever read a book on the Holy Spirit? Anybody? Raise your hand if you've read it. Okay. Got a few people. Yep. Okay, good. That's awesome. I think that'd be a good idea. Read some books on the Holy Spirit. Now realize, books are not the Bible. I read some of these things. Billy Graham. I read the book with Billy Graham, and I was like, I agree with you, 
but the terminology is a little different for me. What he's saying is exactly what I would say, but I, would, I, would, I think terminology gets in the way. So I'm like, just change the terminology a little bit, and, and we're right on the same page. Can we, can we do that? Is that okay? Can we still have fellowship together? Me and Billy Graham? I don't know, man. Should we divide over, I don't know, a few terms? I don't think so. So I, I for one, want to explore these things and not be divisive about it. And uh, you know what I think is divisive is a lot of people just get, like, this is my opinion. It's right. There's nothing else. End of story. If you believe that, we're friends. If not, I'm out. And I'm like, okay. I don't know how to deal with that. I've been that way. Trust me, I've been that way. I have been that way for a long time. But right now, I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do with that. Love you too, you know? It's like, let's, let's be friends. So that, that is something that I think as a church, we have to walk, walk, work through. La- last week when I was up here, I said, I feel a spirit of division. Did you hear me say that? You could just feel it. I was like, oh boy. Something just happened. It felt like what it felt like two years ago. Oh, right there. I could just feel that. And I learned from the two years of pain, right? Like, that, oh, we're not doing that again. So I just called it out, right? And said, hey, well, I don't know what it is, but I feel it right now. That's what we have to do. We have to be open and honest, okay? Uh, the key now is don't put God in a box, don't act like we have it all figured out. Deuteronomy 29, 29. I told you we're going to use the Bible. Get ready. Are you ready? Oh, then you're not ready, church. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Do you even know where that is? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Fifth book from the front on the left. Okay? Five books in. Deuteronomy 29, 29. This is going to be a helpful verse. When we talk about tongues, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the things of the Spirit, we're talking about mysteries. Okay? And uh, mysteries are scary. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Tell me if you're there. Okay, there. Okay. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed, there are some things that are revealed, belong to us to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. That's a really good verse. You should underline that in your Bible. There's some things God gets it, like the sovereignty of God, how the free will of man and the sovereignty of God collide. They're both doctrines in the Word, and you're just like, that's for sure. Calvinism. That's for sure. Arminianism. Which one am I? Neither. Jesusism. (laughs) It's like, and those two things collide in the mind of God and only He understands how they fit together. Because it gets lost somewhere around here with sovereignty of God and it gets lost somewhere around here with free will of man. It makes a lot of sense till here and then it's like, poo, I don't get it. It just, ah! I don't understand. So you need a verse like this so your head doesn't explode. All right, go to Genesis 1.1. We're going to start in the beginning. It says, actually, in the beginning. Can you imagine that? If you don't have a Bible, this will be, you know, I'm going to read a lot of stuff. I'm reading it straight from Scripture. 
I do have a bit of dyslexia, so I might read some words around or whatever, but I swear to you, I'm reading it right from the Word. You can trust it. Okay. If you want to see it for yourself, there's a Bible in the back. Okay. The first point of the message, the Holy Spirit is God. He is God and very God. God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, we call Him Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. Not less God. Not the third person of the Trinity. He's not the third person of the Trinity. We say that all the time. Why don't we say he's the first person of the Trinity? Do you think they have an order? Do you think God the Father is the first person of the Trinity in their mind? His mind? Their, his? I don't know. Which pronoun do I use? He's one. They're all number one. Nobody's number two. Nobody's number three. They're all number one. All right? We get a chant going. You're number one. You're number one. God, you're number one. That's it. He is God. God is number one. Okay? The point is, revere Him. Revere Him. So, I looked up what revere means, so let me just give it to you real quick. Revere. Oh, now it doesn't come up. I get it. Revere. Here it is. It's a verb used with an object. Holy Spirit, revere Holy Spirit, revere God, okay? Here it is. To regard with respect, tinged with awe. To regard with respect, with a little awe thrown in. Like, ooh, that's cool. I don't really understand that. I'm in awe of that. That's above me. He's God, which means we're all like, Woo! Wow! What is that? How does that work exactly? How can you be with me here, but with my neighbor at home right now? I don't know how you do that. It's unbelievable. Okay, Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Created the heavens and the earth. I, this is not for today, but who actually created? Jesus spoke. Okay? So, there's good evidence that Jesus was the creator, but he's saying God here, and then look, watch what he says here. The earth was without form and void. There was nothing. And darkness was over the face of the deep. I thought that video was great. And the Spirit of God there he is, was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God was there at the beginning. God and very God. All right, in case you don't believe me, look at verse 26. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let, what is the next word? Us. How come there's us? How can there be us? It's Trinity. It's three and one. Let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us, God, make man in his own image. In our own image, intellect, emotion, and will, they're going to have dominion. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. And, like, we're like God. 
We have dominion over things here. He has dominion over everything. He's placed us in responsibility of this world that he's created. How are we doing? Now that's another message. All right. Flip over to Acts. You're going to be all over your Bible. Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament. The New Testament is towards the middle right of your Bible. Acts chapter 5. We're just going to nail this point, put it to bed, and we're going to move on. You guys good with that? Anybody good with that? All right. The Holy Spirit is God. Okay? Now, He's powerful. We need to revere Him. And uh, I don't want to read all this, but I feel like a little context is helpful. But a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira, I'm in verse 1, sold a piece of property. No big deal. And his wife, with his wife's knowledge, so they both were on the same plan, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. That's not a big deal. You could sell your house today, give the church two bucks, and keep the rest, and nobody cares. That wasn't the problem. The problem is they were lying about See, people were selling their whole property, their whole possessions, giving it all to the church. They were saying, we're doing that. We're going to be like Barnabas. We're going to sell it all and give it all. But they didn't give it all. They didn't trust God. They kept some back. Sometimes we might do that with a tithe or something, right? We're like, I don't know if I can give them 10%. How about 8? I might need that extra 2% this month. Well, you might if you don't give it. But if you do give it, I bet you God's going to take care of you because when you obey Him, He says, I'll meet your needs. Not your wants. Might have to shut the cable off. But your needs. Right? Well, I just got, I meddled right there, didn't I? Whenever you start talking about TV, there's a spirit of something that comes in and they're like, "Eh, I don't know about that. All right, keep going. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? How does Peter know? The Holy Spirit is powerful. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit, to keep back for yourself a part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after you sold it, was it not at your disposal? Yes and yes. Why is it that you have contrived, twisted up in your head, this deed in your heart, You have not lied to man, but to, what does it say? You have not lied to man, but to who? That's what the Bible says. That the Holy Spirit is God. Okay, point number one. Done. I mean, that's just nailed it right there. Like, the Holy Spirit is God. Not less than, not more than, God. That's important as we're going to go forward. All right, number two, the Holy Spirit is a guarantee. If you're listening online, this is good news. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee. Second Corinthians, okay, a couple pages to the right from where you're at. Second Corinthians, chapter one. If you get to First Corinthians, just keep turning to your right. I left all these verses. I put so many on there. I'm not going to get to them all. I can tell you right now. i got 13 minutes. I'm not going to get to them all, but I put so many verses on here. So if you are like, where do I go to figure it out? You just read every one of those verses, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you, and you'll figure it out. I, I, know, I, I trust that. And if you have any questions, you ask. Okay, he's the guarantee. 
Rejoice in Him. He has sealed you. He has guaranteed your eternal state in heaven. You are, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you believe in your heart that God, Jesus, raised, or God raised Jesus from the dead, God literally raised Himself from the dead, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. He forgives my sins. I don't have to be all that. As a matter of fact, I'm nothing. But He's everything, and I'm with Him. That's salvation. A repentance of sin, a belief that He paid for it, I walk in freedom. That's salvation. If you believe in something other than that, that's not salvation. That right there is salvation. Okay? A repentance of my own sin. I'm a wreck. A belief in the blood payment of Jesus Christ. Read the Old Testament for all the blood payment things. You need blood to cover your sin. That's once for all blood payment, Hebrews says. And now what? I just say it out loud. I believe it. I receive it. I confess my sins. You're my Lord. Okay, then you're sealed. You're guaranteed. It says it here in verse 20. Look at verse 20 of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 20, or 2 Corinthians 1, excuse me, 20 to 22. For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. Did we just sing about that? That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen. May it be so to God for His glory. And it is God who establishes us with, with you in Christ and has anointed us some Holy Spirit involved in that, anointing. And who has also put His seal, that's the Holy Spirit as well, on us, and given us His Spirit, so He comes straight out and says it, in our hearts as a guarantee. Guarantee has a little four by it. If you look down low, it says, or down payment. Guarantee, down payment. Okay, now, flip to Ephesians. Oh, actually, a couple more pages to your right. One page to your right, um, 2 Corinthians 5.5. 5. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God. I can't give you the context. Who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee? He says it again. All right, Ephesians. A couple more pages to the right. Go 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. There's always something you study that blows your mind when you study to preach. This is the one thing. The transition from, first, uh, uh, from chapter 1 of Ephesians, verses 13 and 14, to chapter uh, 1, verse 17. That blew my mind this week. I've read that so many times, never saw it. Now I'll show it to you right here. First, verses 13 and 14, to prove the second point. A guarantee, rejoice in Him. Now just look at this language. In Him, Jesus Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, when somebody preached the gospel of your salvation, and you believed in Him, Jesus, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee. What does guarantee mean? Down payment, same note, of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it 
to the praise of his glory. Now, how can you have something, a guarantee, a down payment, and still need to acquire possession of it? How can you have something but not have something? Is that confusing to you? It's confusing to me until I read verse 17. I'll just keep reading verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I know you're a believer in Jesus. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. This is Paul, so whether he's praying in the Spirit or with his mind, I bet you it's both. That God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you How is he going to give them something if they already have it? They have the seal. They have the promise. They have the guarantee. They have the down payment. The deposit. I put 20% down on my house. I haven't paid it in full yet. That's coming. Is that clear? There's a down payment. I don't know how much percentage it is. He didn't say. I just know in our world, a down payment means something to hold the house. Right? If you put 20% down, you don't have to pay PMI. Right? So that's why we put 20% down. You don't want to pay dumb money. Don't buy the house then. You know what I mean? Unless you get some kind of cool loan, you know, does some contortion and get 3% or 10%. Okay, I'm off of that. That don't matter. But do you understand? There's a down payment and then there's like paying off the house. Okay. Two things. We can get that illustration. He says, The Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which... So this is a big run-on sentence. He's going to keep going. But the point is this. You have something, but you're getting something. It's clear you have a down payment, a guarantee, but he's saying, you're going to get something. I'm praying that the Father's going to give you something. What is he going to give you? I'll keep reading. It's going to come in the last sentence. And to which he has called you, what are the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable goodness, greatness of his power towards us who believe? according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the, in heavenly places, far above all, he's going to give ranks of demons and angels, rule, authority, power, dominion. It's probably the other way around. And above every name that is named, not only in this age, the church age, but also in the one to come, when Jesus comes back. And he put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The fullness. There's like, well, I'm here, and I used the picture. I was like, yeah, you got to get filled. You kind of get filled. Do you want to be filled again today? Church, if you're coming to, to Sunday morning and you're like, I don't need to be filled anymore. You're coming to the wrong church. Because we're going to try to fill you up and not just me, the Holy Spirit, through me. 
And hopefully the Holy Spirit, apart from me, is going to try to fill you up every week until you come to a fullness, right, where you're like bubbling over. Isn't that what he said in John 7? There's going to come a time where you're full. And when you become full, things are going to change. The fruit of the Spirit isn't going to be like, I want that. It's going to be like, why do I have that? I'm not like that. What is going on right now? I'm not gentle at all. There's not a gentle bone in this body. Where's the gentleness coming from? And there will be gifts, and there will be things. It's like, what is going on? You want to get to that where you're flowing, where you're, and if you're not there, and you know you're not there when you're not there, then you're asking, you're seeking, you're knocking, right? Like I said last week, ask. The Heavenly Father will give you the Holy Spirit. Keep asking. He'll give you more and more. Why would you stop asking for the one thing that will change everything for you? Don't stop asking. But rejoice in the fact that you're in heaven. I mean, don't miss that. Don't be like wringing your hands. Oh, do I have the Holy Spirit? I don't know. The Holy Spirit, I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you, Holy Spirit. Like, get a grip. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? Do you believe that He paid for your sin? All right, then you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Stop fretting. Stop stewing. You are His, and soon He will be yours. Right? All right, I'm already into point three. And you could see it there. That He may give you the spirit of wisdom, of revelation, and the wisdom of Him, and all that. The fullness. Here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is a gift. I was all over that last week. I talked about that. I, I, it's a gift. You receive the Holy Spirit. All right, now, I don't know about you, but when I was 16 and I accepted Jesus Christ in my life, I mean, I'd heard the word Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit before. I'd heard that. But I didn't ask the Holy Spirit to do anything in my life. Let's just be clear. I didn't pray to the Holy Spirit. I prayed to Jesus. I prayed to God the Father. In Jesus' name, you know, I was a good Baptist. I was like, you got to pray to the Father. you got to pray in Jesus' name. If you put it Father at the beginning and Jesus at the end, then it's going to be a good prayer. Now make it fun. You pray to God, the Father. You pray to Jesus. You pray to the Holy Spirit. And yeah, obviously we're praying in Jesus' name because it's His blood that covers it all. It's a gift. Receive His filling or His fullness. I didn't know which word to put because I don't know where you're at. Just keep getting filled up. Keep being full if you're full. Keep bubbling over, right? There's a bunch of verses here. I can't get to them all. I've referenced many of them. I'm going to have to come back to this because this is a really good thing. If you go through these verses and you get in Acts 1 and Acts 2 and Acts 3 and Acts 4, and you read them without presuppositions, without somebody telling you in a commentary what they think it means, you just read it for what it says, you can't help but see that there's salvation, that there's baptism with water, and there's baptism with the Spirit. There's three things. I preached that last week. I'm standing on that. There's three things happening. Now you can say in Acts 2, 
He baptized them in the Holy Spirit. That was for the whole dispensation. If you're a dispensationalist, that's the theology of Bible college I went to. If you're a dispensationalist, yep, that's covered. It never has to happen again. We're covered. I, I, read the rest of the Bible. Like, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that, right? I, I used to believe that, but I don't know what to do with that. I believe God's given you a choice. Do you want the Holy Spirit? You get to choose. If you don't, stiff arm them. It's okay. You can still be saved in Jesus' name. It's stiff arm anything else from the Holy Spirit. He sealed you. He's in your big toe. You know? Like, you're getting there. But, like, why would you not want the Holy Spirit to run your life? He needs to run your life. He needs to run my life. Okay. He's a gift. Receive Him. Ah, there's so many verses here. i got to keep going. Here's what I'm going to say. Just pray this prayer. Right here across the page, Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 21. Go home and personalize that prayer. Go home and personalize that prayer. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer that you may be strengthened with power through His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in your inner man. In your inner being. Pray that. And see what God does. Pray Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, and see what God does. All right. I got two more points, and it's 11:30. So I'm going to take three more minutes, and I'm going to give you the two more points. I created too much content, obviously. It's all here. You can go online, you can get the rest. Everything's there. You can ask me any question. I'm happy to meet with you this week. I can go through the whole thing. He's a guide. The Holy Spirit is a guide. Uh, John 14, 24 says that. John 16, 13 says that. And Romans 8, 26 and 27 say that. I'm going to turn to John 14 and I'm just going to read it for you real quick. John 14. John 14 through 16 is some of the clearest and best teaching on the Holy Spirit and why Jesus said He was important to us. John 14, 24. Here it is. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. I think I wrote the thing down wrong. Okay, I did. The things that I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, uh, but, verse 26 is what it should have been, sorry. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He's going to be your guide. And bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. He's going to remind you what Jesus said. Not only through the Word, but also in your heart and your spirit. Right? That's the cool thing about the Holy Spirit. He's going to remind you what you've read, and He's going to remind you what Jesus says and does. It's pretty cool. Look at verse 16, or chapter 16, verse 13. He says, When the Spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority. Do you know the Holy Spirit never in His life, which is eternal, is going to say to you something He didn't hear from the Father and from Jesus. They have agreed on it. He's not rogue. He's not on His own. They've agreed on it. This is what we're saying. All right. I'm going to tell them. He doesn't speak on His own authority, 
But whatever he hears from Father God and Jesus Christ, he will speak, he will declare to you the things that are to come. That's prophetic. He's going to tell you what's going to come. You don't know what's going to come. Do you know what's coming tomorrow? You have no idea. But the Holy Spirit can tell you. Why is that odd to you? That's what the Scripture says. The Holy Spirit can tell you what's coming tomorrow. That's what the Bible says. But we limit the Holy Spirit. We put Him in His nice little box. I call it a cage. And we're like, don't come out. Like, ask Him. Holy Spirit, i got a big thing going on this week. I need to know, like, what's coming up? What do I need to do? What do I need to say? What do I need to, where do I need to be? All right, I've belabored that enough. The Holy Spirit is not only a guide, but He's generous. It's generous that He's God. It's generous that He's a gift. It's generous, you know, that He's all these things. A guarantee, you know. But here's the point, and I'm going to preach this over the next six weeks. The generosity of the Holy Spirit to not only be among us and to say, hey, here I am. I want to be with you. I want to teach you. I want to guide you. But he's going to give you more gifts. Whatever you have, there's more. At the end of chapter 12, it says, earnestly desire the higher gifts. Why would he say that if he doesn't want to give you more? The theme for the year, after I get done with this series, is going to be more and more. We're going to go through the whole New Testament asking God for more. More holiness, more love, more of Him, more and more. That's what we're going to be going after. We're going to read through the whole New Testament from the 13th of September to first week in June. One chapter a day. And when we do it, we're going to be going for more and more. And remember, what we're going to be doing is... I'm going to be preaching and we'll have some worship, but then you're going to have a time of participation where you're coming, like you would to a, a small group or a life group, where you're coming and you're saying, hey, here's what God's teaching me. I just want to share this with you. And it's not just like, oh, I, I don't know what to say. Like, don't say it if you don't know what to say. Because the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to say what you should say. And if He doesn't lead you and guide you, He'll lead somebody else. So don't speak unless you feel him telling you to speak. Does that make sense? All right. So there's no pressure to like, oh, I got to go up and say something. No. Guys like me that like to talk a lot, there's always that pressure. Like, oh, I got to have something to say. Sit on that. Wait on that. Stay under that. All right. Okay. He's generous. Ask him for his power. He's a guide, follows leading. He's generous, ask for his power. And there's so much there. I wrote down a couple words of warning. Do not blaspheme the Holy Spirit. If you're like, what happened last week was the devil, be careful. Be careful. Because that's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. When you attribute the works of God, do we know if it's from God or not? With Tesla spirits. But if you attribute the works of God to the devil, that is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Only unforgivable sin in the Bible. Just telling you. So th I think this is a fair warning. This is a really big warning. And then it's another warning. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That's for believers. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. You can read those. The passages are right there. I've also put passages at the bottom. You can read more. It's 30 chapters. 
You could read one a day for the next 30 days. You go a 30-day journey of who is the Holy Spirit. That is my overview. There's so much more. Ah, I feel like I've left it. You know when you leave the game and you either lost and you didn't play your best or you, or you just needed another quarter to catch up? I feel like that right now. But I'm going to trust God that what you've gotten is enough for you. It's like drinking from a fire hose anyway. And that you, I'm going to trust God that you're going to go take this outline and that you're going to go interact with it because you're hungry for more. Right? In the Bible, I read every verse that had the Spirit in it, whether small s or big s this week. And in the New Testament, it has two passages which use this word earnestly earnestly desire, earnestly desire, eagerly, eagerly, eagerly. And I'm telling you, if you leave here and you're like, man, that's fine. And you're not eager to go find more of the Holy Spirit, to go, to go ask for more of the Holy Spirit. If you're not eager, I would just say check your heart. Because God is in you. He's eager to show you more of himself. Okay? Spirit-filled people knowing and experiencing God. We'll be back next week. We'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You might want to read it before you get here. 12, 13, and 14. It'll be really helpful. All right, we're going to close this way. You are loved, and I am over time. Should I pray? kind of feels incomplete if I don't. Heavenly Father, Oh, there's so much more. It hurts to walk away. But God, I trust you that you've guided my words. They've been many. But let something fall on good soil. Don't let it fall on the rocky ground where it gets choked out. Don't let it get picked up by the birds as people leave. May they guard their heart, soul, and mind in Christ Jesus as they walk out of here. May it go on good soil. May it go a couple inches down. May it get watered this week by their own time with you. And may it spring up into a plant that produces fruit some 60, 30, 60, and 100 fold. God, right now in Jesus' name, protect this word and make it grow. Amen. Amen. All right. I bought 10 of these. I've referenced it a couple times. I read a long passage out of it. That was only one guy, Adoniram Judson. I bought 10 of them. They're 10 bucks a piece. They're 11 actually, but you know, the church can take a dollar off. If you want one, take one and either give $10 online or put $10 in there. And again, it's on the honor system if you're like, I don't have it with me today. Okay, next week then. Come on. Right? Nobody's making money. This is a nonprofit organization. All right? It's no big deal. But if this would be helping you, it's called They Found the Secret. And what I preached last week is explained in 20 different ways in short chapters. And it help, it'll help you. All right? All right. Get out of here. You are loved.